Welcome to the Real Estate Marketing Podcast. My name is Jerome Lewis. I'm your host for today. The Real Estate Marketing Podcast is a podcast where we talk marketing, tech, business, and leadership. We talk these things for real estate agents, real estate investors, and real estate entrepreneurs. The Real Estate Marketing Podcast is a podcast that has two purposes. Purpose number one, to educate and inform our audience and listeners. Purpose number two, Erica, to spotlight you, your business, your service, or your product in a way that provides value to you, including market exposure and content creation. With that, we have a very special guest, Erica Sanford. Erica is a former t- is, is a former 26-year vet in the beauty industry. A Memphis native now living in the Miami area, she retired at 32 years of age in 2018 to pursue a career in the financial industry. To date, she has helped 48 individuals make supplemental income to walk away from corporate America. Erica has created at least three six-figure earners in the last five years and counting. Now, as a licensed realtor, her mission is to impact 84 million households with financial knowledge to break generational curses and gain generational assets to accumulate wealth. Erica, welcome to the show. I'm excited and glad that you're here. Awesome. Thank you, Jerome, for having me. Excited to be here. You're welcome. So uh, I just read your professional bio. Tell us in your own words how you got to where you got to. Take us on a journey. Uh, well, again, I just want to give it back to you for having me. And, you know, thank you so much for all the doing with the podcast and educating professionals. Uh, however, you know, my road to success, of course, like everybody else, it had a couple stumbling blocks along the way. As I said in my bio, I still have art for the beauty industry. But again, I came into the financial literacy space to be able to serve people. Um, I love having fun. I love helping people. I love making money. And I have taken the last about 10 years just studying different information to just be able to serve people. And uh, also, as I said, I'm from Memphis, but living in Miami now, licensed realtor. And I just want to change lives, man. I just want to change lives. That's it. In a nutshell. Okay. Thank you. So your topic of expertise is finances. Like, what does that even mean, right? For people that don't understand, like finances, is it money? Is it wealth? Is it like, what is finances to ever tell us what that is? Yeah, finance is money, creating budgets, being able to become debt free, being able to, you know, help individuals with challenged credit who may not understand how the credit system works and how they can actually leverage it to be able to create generational wealth for their families. And, uh, you know, also real estate, having people to understand the financial aspects of real estate and what it can do for their actually and also the network that they're able that they serve. Okay. So tell us, um, I have questions that I like to ask my guests. What is one common myth about your topic of expertise? So in finances, like what do people misunderstand about that? Share that with us. I think that when it comes to finance, uh, a lot of people think that every dollar that they make belongs to them. And that's not true because we still have Uncle Sam. We still have other obligations that we have to fulfill in the financial realm as far as people having debt. And so I think that that's that's a big thing. And and also thinking that dealing with credit, a lot of people think that credit is a scam. It's a very big myth. So I love to try to tackle that and to educate people more around that so that they can understand again how it works and what it can do to benefit them. So you, you said a lot of people think that the dollar belongs to them, like their entire dollar. And there's like some breakdowns. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you got some videos and stuff, right? I'm, 
give me some beer. Anyway, you mentioned Uncle Sam. Are we who's Uncle Sam? What does that mean? <laughs> the government, the okay. tax man, the I R and the S. That is what I mean when I say that everybody's whole total income does not belong to them. Okay. And is Uncle Sam the only other person that our money belongs to? Like who are no, the other people not. involved? No, like I said, um, when you have people that have debt, if you owe someone, if you're not debt free and you constantly have bills that you have to pay again, the income that you make doesn't belong to you. It belongs to your debt, the people that you owe. And so a lot of times when you make income, you counter are owned by your debt, if that makes sense. It does make sense. Like, how would someone become like, like get detached from being owned by their debt like how does that work well i teach people to, to yeah so i teach people to alleviate debt by budgeting their finances and actually telling their money where to go versus their money running them and i have a lot of people that have found great value in what i'm able to teach with budgeting i show people no matter how much money they make or don't make even a person who just works maybe an entry-level position where they're getting paid every two weeks and let's just say they make a thousand dollars every two weeks i can show them percentage-wise what to do with that money and where to place it so that eventually over time that they can become debt-free so you mentioned budget like people don't like that word they don't um, no, talk- absolutely not. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Like they don't like it. Should they should they start to like it? Should we use a different word? Talk about that, please. Yeah. People should love budgeting. I can tell you budgeting is frightening. Like I didn't even want to create a budget, but every, you know, every household and also every professional should have a budget. You know, if you talk to people who are in different industries where maybe they're paying for marketing or whatever it may be, they have a budget for that. And so a lot of times people just spend, spend, spend but not paying attention to if what they're spending money on is in budget or out of budget. So I teach a lot of my clients to be able to calculate the actual things that are coming out every single month, whether it's rent, mortgage, car note, credit card bills, groceries, um, gas, things like that, because $20 here and there can add up over time. You know, I remember at one point I spent $2,000 one month on just eating out. And that was way out of budget for me, but I didn't realize that it was out of budget until I actually made one because <laughs> I was just spending, spending, spending. And so when people analyze what they actually have coming out every month, and then you also know what you're bringing in, then I show them how to take at least 10 to 25% every month or every week, like if they get paid every week. It's 10 to 25 percent every week, whatever they can afford. Every two weeks, 10 to 25 percent, whatever they can afford. They put that in a separate account, which I call a debt payoff pool. And so at the end of the month, they may say, hey, okay, I got four hundred dollars in my debt payoff pool. So then I have them to take five to 10 percent from that to actually put up in their savings. And then the rest goes to pay off credit card debt or whatever debt, like if they have a car loan that they're trying to pay off a little bit faster, you want to dump that money onto whatever credit card has the highest interest rate. I teach them how to pay those down first, or if they have any type of installment debt that has a high interest rate to pay the installment debt down first, just depending on those people's individual situation. And I found a lot of people, including myself, that have been able to get out of debt pretty swiftly 
just by following that system. But a lot of people think that they can't get out of debt again because they've never budgeted where their finances should go. You know, it's kind of like, you know, when people pay their bills and then they get that um, message overnight that says, um, thank you for your ACH draft, $250 is coming out. And they're like, oh, I forgot that that bill was coming out. But when I show my clients how to actually take their calendar, put when everything is due and make it reoccurring each month, now it makes it easier for them to budget their finances from week to week or month to month so that they're not getting surprised by debt that they need to pay, but they've already spent that money on something else, if that makes sense. It does make sense. So when we were reading your bio, it says, to date, she helped 48 individuals make supplemental income to walk away from corporate America. Could you talk a little bit about that? Maybe share share with us share with us like your favorite story, your favorite client. Like what was that like? Uh, my favorite client would actually be one of my former clients from the beauty industry. So yeah. she was a basketball coach for Oklahoma State University. She was doing well in that industry, but recruiting was taking a lot of time. She's a she was a single mom at the time. And uh, she was in debt. She had a 500 and something credit score and just couldn't find a way out. And so I was able to show her how to supplement her income. A lot of times when you have more bills than money, you have to increase your income some type of way to be able to get caught up. And so I was able to help her do that in about three months of her working with me, she was able to increase her credit score. She was able to go out and purchase a vehicle for herself and also for her mom. She walked away from corporate America in 12 months with just a few principles that I taught her over that time. She became a six-figure earner in 12 months as well. So just to see somebody go from making you know, $45,000 a year, single mom, struggling, to taking 12 months and devoting that time to bettering herself, honing in on her finances and fixing her budget. Um, I would have to say that she's just probably one of my favorite success stories just to see her being just a regular average person that can say, hey, I want to make six figures because I need to. My debt says that I need to. And then she actually put the principles to use and got it done. So her name is actually Denitra Forrest. And I am really, really, really proud of the things that she's been able to do thus far. Thank you. Uh, would you like to share another story? I mean, I have several. <laughs> share I have another several one. Give stories. us one more. Yeah, give uh, us one I have more. another young lady. She's from Kentucky. Her name is uh, Shamis Talib. She is another person, one of my mentees that I'm super, super, super proud of. She is actually in the tax business. And so I remember when I first met her, she told me that she wasn't good at leadership. And so I always tell people that leadership is always the highest paid skill. And she was like, I'm not a leader. I don't I don't like people. You know, I don't trust people. I'm not going to do well with people. And I said, well, you know, you should stop saying what you're not going to do and let God lead you to what he wants you to do. And so I worked with her for several years over uh, over the course of those years. She went from being a single mom, evicted so many times, repossessed so many times to working with me for about three to four years. She built a house from the ground up in Kentucky. She actually got into the tax field. She killed it in the tax field. Her first 90 days of doing taxes, she made $70,000. And she was a first timer just from a lot of the things that I was able to teach her. She's still doing very well. I think every 
single year that she's been in the tax industry, her income has increased significantly. Like I said, the first year she did 70,000 and this is in three months. The next year she did over a hundred thousand in three months. And so I think to date she's been able to do close to 200,000 in her first three months every year during tax time. So I get excited about Shamis as well. Thank you. I appreciate you sharing that. And you got plenty of stories, but let's, uh, let's talk about, um, what do I want to ask you about? <sighs> I want to talk about people and how, so you can try to do this by yourself. You can absolutely try to do this by yourself. You can go buy all these books and you can go try your own programs and go to Google and read all the blogs. Can you talk about why somebody shouldn't be trying to do it all by themselves? Why they should seek professional assistance? Why they should seek a network and teammates? And please talk about that. Well, you know, the great John Paul Getty says that it's better to have a hundred percent of someone else's efforts versus then a hundred percent of your own teamwork makes the dream work every big person who has ever done anything great if you look behind them they have always had some type of assistance some type of help you know we have a lot of people that say oh i'm self-made i'm i'm this i'm that and they forget about all of the people who collaborated with them to get them to where they are. No one person has ever done anything alone. So I believe that it's very important to have a team simply because when I was in the beauty industry, I used to be that person that thought, oh, well, if if I don't do it, it's not going to be done right. That's the old fashioned way your grandmother used to tell you, oh, if you want it done right, you got to do it yourself. And that's an absolute lie. And so um, I struggled in the beauty industry. I was burnt out, tired, feet hurt back hurt because I didn't want to go and get a shampoo tech. I didn't want anybody to help me with my clients. But then later on in life, once I left that business and I, I stepped into the financial realm, I realized that, OK, if I had had more help back then, I wouldn't have been so burnt out. I may would still be in the beauty industry right now today. Who knows? But again, when you have a team, you're able to do so much more because you have more hands, you have more brains, you have more um, more talents. Like I may be able to work with someone that may be stronger than me at a certain aspect to where I'm able to just add to that. And we can team together to get the same accomplishment done without having to stress out either person, because now you actually have help. Also, when you have a team, like I tell people, look at big corporations. You know, when you look at, let's just say Nike, Starbucks, Adidas, all of the big brands, all of these people have people that are working for them to make sure that one main common thing is done. And it's basically to serve and service people. So teamwork is definitely very effective, no matter what industry you're in, because you just can't do everything by yourself. You could try, but you can get things done also much faster when you have a group of people that's helping. So you mentioned like this, it's impossible. I always tell people it's impossible to do anything by yourself. It's impossible. Even if, right, in your case, as an example of serving your clients, you're the only worker, you still can't do it by yourself because you need clients. You cannot succeed in life without other people. It is impossible to do that. So exactly what you're saying, self-made is impossible. You need clients, you need teammates, you need people to, that built the car, for you to drive from A to B, you needed the people that built the bus. You needed the people that put the pavement there. You, you needed all of that stuff. You needed welfare. If you was on, you need other people. 
So people that right. say self-made, you're absolutely correct. That is false. That is just no such thing. You need other people. That's like how society works. So um, let me go to some more questions for you. Uh, tell me the most important lesson you've learned over your career, like more specifically the financial aspect of your career, like getting into finances. The most important lesson, wow, I've learned a lot of lessons, but I would say the most important one was pretty much what we just talked about is making sure that you have a squad, making sure that you have people that have your back, you know, making sure that you have people in your circle that you can trust to be able to get things done. I would say that. And then I would also say that finding a mentor, you know, having someone who actually really cares about your success and your well-being, a person that has been where you're trying to go so that you don't have to do it by yourself and you can actually learn from the mistakes that they did. I wish I had found a mentor sooner. I just got a mentor about seven years ago. I actually have several different mentors for different reasons. But I think that that's a big lesson that I learned on my journey is making sure that you have someone instead of you having to take the time to figure out things. Having a mentor can definitely cut your learning curve by years. And so whatever you're trying to do, if you get with someone who's already done it again, you can do it much faster. If it took them eight years, it may take you four. Because, again, you don't have to worry about going through the mistakes when they can educate you on them so that you don't make them. Does that make sense? Of course. What is one thing about your field of expertise that almost no one agrees with you about? Uh, about my field of expertise that no one agrees with me about. Okay, so I'm not going to say no one. I'll say a lot of people. So I'm in a business where I build teams. And a lot of times the general population doesn't understand that concept of business building because most people are employees. And so a lot of people would say what I do is a pyramid scheme. A lot of people would say that it's a Ponzi scheme for people who are uneducated about building a true business and what that structure is supposed to look like. So I, I would say that, Jerome. I would say that. Okay. Why do you think they think that? Um, it's just from old school perception of people, you know, being damaged by um, what's the word I'm looking for? Inactivity. And when I say that you have a lot of people that when they like if you just look at a regular corporation, how it's built, when you look at a regular job, you know, you have, of course, the employees, then you have the managers and then you have the people that are managing the managers and then you have the owner and then you may have a CEO a CFO. So people really don't understand that structure. And so when it comes to the industry that I'm in, a lot of people are used to being paid a salary or used to working an hour. And you say, hey, I get paid $15 an hour. And so they're expecting that $15 an hour, even when they didn't do any work. But in my profession, you actually have to work to get paid. And people think that, oh, if I do some work and then I get paid, then she's going to get paid too. So it, this has to be a pyramid. But people don't realize that when they go to work and they're doing somebody else's work, that the person that they're working for is indeed being paid. So it's the same structure, 
but just not the same way of pay. And so a lot of people don't want to put in the work that's necessary to even step in the industry that I'm in. And so a lot of people misconstrued that, oh, if I don't do any work, I'm still going to get paid. No, it's not a job. It's a business. And in order for you to be paid, you have to work the business. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Uh, what underrated tools are indispensable for your profession? What underrated tools? Yes. Indispensable. You're like, we absolutely need this. Um, I would say budgeting. We absolutely budgeting. have to. We, we, it goes back to that. We have to have that. When it comes to money, if you're not programming where your money goes, you won't have any for a very long time. I'm, I'm a person I've made over in my my 26 years been in the industry. I did two point five million dollars in my last three years. I did one point five million. And I spent it all. I ended up $26,000 in debt. People think just because you make money, you're going to be okay. No, just because you make money doesn't mean anything because money doesn't come with instructions. And so that budget is very essential, not just in my business, but just in life period, just to make sure that you're not crunched when it comes to the finance part. And I always tell people, Jerome, too, that if you can't buy it twice, then you can't afford it. You shouldn't purchase it because what happens when something breaks down with your finances and you need to purchase that item again and you don't have the money. So budgeting is very important. It's, it's the most indispensable thing. We have to have it. Thank you. So your transition, like you're, you're in real estate, right? That's part of the reason why we're connected. Like why real estate and help us understand uh, some of the fundamentals of finances and real estate. Well, so back in 2016, when I started building in my, I have a credit repair business as well. So when I started building that 2017, I had a lot of individuals that I had helped. And so they would always come back and say, hey, you know, do you know a realtor? I want to purchase a home. And I realized how much money I was leaving on the table by not servicing them fully meaning I could fix their credit, I could help them with the financial part, but then I had to send them to someone else. And so I'm what I call the kingdom builder. If I'm going to help you, I want to help you all the way the way. I want to be a one-stop shop. Like this how it was when I was in the hair industry. You could come to me, get your makeup done, get your hair done. You could come and get wardrobe style. Like I was literally a package deal. So I had an epiphany back in 2018 when I moved to Jamaica I was like, why don't I just go ahead and get a real estate license? Like I have all of this indisposable time. I don't have a reason not to get it. And so that's what made me step into the real estate industry and also wanting to see people build generational wealth through real land and property. We already know in our industry that that's the number one way in the world that a person could actually get rich or wealthy is through real estate. So that's why I decided to become a realtor again, to just give some people some extra love and care and be able to educate them. Because a lot of times people just want to make a sale. They don't want to educate people before the sale. So again, that's what got me into real estate and I love it. Okay. And like, are there similarities in like, you have several businesses, but we got the real estate business and then we've got the financial business. Like what are some overlaps and some similarities in those two different businesses and different industries? So, well, basically Jerome, they, they are, both of my businesses are married together. So you look at uh, most uh, multi-million dollar producers, billionaires, they have several streams of income that all piggyback one from another 
they all have some type of relevance to each other. So when I looked at, you know, what I'm doing in the, the credit space and then I look at real estate, I would say that they're very similar because I can't put a person in a house if I don't fix the finance part first. You have a lot of people that want to become homeowners, but they actually don't know how. And so that's where I come in with the educational piece on top of real estate. Also, my business educates people on finances and you need finances to be able to step into real estate, whether you just want to be a first time home buyer, an investor or what have you, it's still going to fall back on your credit, your financial history. And if you're able to to manage a mortgage or if you're able to manage an investment property when it comes to the finance part. Did that answer your question? Yes. So uh, these are now these are my questions. They're a little bit uh, selfish, but there's, it's also for the audience because I don't like people reaching out to people just to get something. All right. You got to be able mm -hmm. to provide value. So how can someone add long term? How can someone add immediate value to you or your business? Oh, so I love systems. I'm a very system driven person. So if someone could could incorporate a system for something that I may not have one for already, that would definitely add immediate value to my business. If you look at where technology is going right now with AI doing a lot of different things, um, systems is where it's at in any industry that you in. So if somebody can come and be a geek squad and, and, and help me systemize some more of my processes, that would definitely add immediate value. I can help you with that. Of course you can. Uh, course. How can someone add long-term value to your business? Um, long-term value would be someone who actually could possibly join my team and become an individual that steps into leadership and be able to lead another group of individuals that are in my business long-term. Because I've been with my company now for seven years. And so if a person can come and say, you know what, I'm in it for the long haul. I want to rock with you. I want to ride with you. Um, that would definitely add some long-term value. How, how can we learn more about you and your business? Like, what do oh, we do? We reach out to you as a website or YouTube. Yeah, people can reach social out to media. me. I have social media. I love social media. I love to be in front of people. I have a couple landing pages, but I like for people to reach out to me directly. Like a lot of times you have people that have all these assistants and you got to go through a bunch of channels to get to them to figure out what they do. But I like for people to be able to come to me directly so they can reach me on Instagram. I love Instagram. I love Facebook. A lot of people love me on Facebook. So if you want to know what I do and find out more about me, I would suggest you hit up one of my social media platforms. Thank you. Uh, so we're in real estate, right? Uh, you have in real estate what's called the closing table. That means uh, we're getting close to the end. So I have closing table questions. Closing table. What are three books you recommend to the audience and why? Oh, that's easy. Okay. So my first book that I would recommend is The Power of Your Leadership by John C. Maxwell. And the reason why I would recommend that book is because I always want people to have the mindset to step into leadership roles, again, because they're the highest paid roles. If you want to make money, you got to be leading people in some type of way. Um, and it first starts with you. You got to be able to lead you first, starting with that budget, too. 
can't lead your money. You can't lead yourself. You can't lead nobody else. So John C. Maxwell, definitely, I, I would, would recommend that book. My second book is also by John C. Maxwell. I love him. He's one of my favorites. It's called The um, 21 Indispensable Qualities of a Leader. And again, I talk about leadership so much because I want people to not be afraid to lead. I want people to be able to adapt the characteristics that they need to become a strong leader. The last one would be, and this is a, a few years ago, I read this book. I've actually read it about three times now. And it would be the book by 50 Cent. It's called... Um, Man, what's the name of it? Um, it's right on the tip of my tongue because you asked me. I'm trying to fit it out. 50th Law? No, not the 50th Law. I've read that one. That's one of my favorite. But uh, Hustle Hard, Hustle Smart by 50 Cent. And I, it gives a more rugged feel to getting out and making money, um, getting rich. It gives, um, you know, for because I'm a little rough around the edges. So for people who actually understand the the aspects of money or they they don't understand it all the way, I think 50 Cent really did a good job with this book. So I, I recommend anybody read that. If you need to get your hustle up, if you may need to get motivated about why you should be hustling, that's a great book for people to read. Okay. What's one question you wish I had asked you and how would you have answered? One question... Um, I really think that you asked me a, a, a lot of great questions. If I had to pick a question, oh, Jerome, you're killing my brain. Let's see. Um, how did I build a team so big in my business? I wish you had to ask me that because I have a team of over 3000 people nationwide that I love on that I'm able to coach. And the reason why I wish that you had to ask me that, because a lot of people think that it's easy trying to get to the top of anything. And it's not like I've made a lot of sacrifices in my life. I've missed a lot of birthdays. I've missed a lot of weddings. I have missed a lot of very important things to sacrifice for other people. Being successful requires a lot of sacrifice. It requires a lot of perseverance, a lot of consistency. I'll say that again, consistency, because people, when they don't see results in something um, and they think it should happen fast, then they quit. And so I'm definitely not a quitter. I, I took that, you know, a long time ago, I used to quit everything. And so when I turned 30, I told God that I was going to stop quitting everything and give things some time. And so, again, I've been able to grow over seven years. And when I first started, it was just four people. It was me. It was my sister, my brother-in-law and my best friend. And also just knowing that on your road to success that you got to be OK with losing people. You're going to lose a lot of people that don't have the same mindset as you. They don't have the same grit and grind as you. And so that's basically how I was able to build to the top. I mean, I sacrificed a lot, Jerome. Sleep. <laughs> a lot of times when you're building something significant, you're going to be tired. You're going to want to quit. You know, um, I cut out TV. Like, I don't even watch TV. People are like, what's your favorite TV show? I'm like, I don't even watch. I haven't watched TV in seven years. If I don't see it on social media, I don't see it. So I just want people to understand that if you want to get into, you know, building a business or if you want to be an entrepreneur, that you got to be willing to be consistent and make a whole bunch of sacrifices right now so that in the long run, you can live the life that you want to live. Thank you. Uh, tell us how we can find out more about you online. 
So you can find me on Instagram at the Transformer, and that's D is in dog, A is in apple, and then Transformer like the movie, but instead of an S, you're gonna make it a Z. And so the Transformer, and I'm on the Transformer on all platforms. So if you just put in the Transformer, you'll find me on Facebook. You also find me on Instagram. You'll find me on TikTok. I love doing TikToks. Um, I do have a LinkedIn. It's under Erica Sanford if you want to find me there. But mostly if you just type in the Transformer, people could Google me. I'm out there. Okay. Um, if you could close us out with one word, what word would that be? Um, if you could look up, you could get up. It's not one word. <laughs> one word. I gotta give you. I gotta one give word, you one word. Yeah, let me give it to you. One word, no explanation. Close this up. Consistency. Consistency. There you go. All right. Uh, why you pick consistency? Because in anything that you do, no matter what it is, you have to be consistent. If you if you could be consistent, something gotta happen. It might not happen right now. But if you stay consistent and you stay on top of it, it is going to happen, period. All right. Thank you, Erica. This has been excellent. I appreciate your time. I'm going to close this out and we're going to do our business afterwards. All right. Awesome, Jerome. Thank you so right. much for having yep. me. Thank you. Thank you.